This is Nullius in Verba, a podcast about science, what it is, and what it could be. It's co-hosted by me, Smriti Mehta from UC Berkeley, and me, Daniel Lagens from Eindhoven University of Technology. In today's episode, we discuss the peer review process, its history, its present, and its future. How does peer review work? How long has it existed in its current form? Should reviews be open and signed? Should reviewers be paid for their hard labor? And should we just abandon the peer review process, or does it have a positive role to play? Enjoy. Okay, Shmriti, here is some uh, advice for people who are going through the peer review process. Um, this is advice for how you respond if you don't like a review that you've gotten. Yeah, I'll read it. So this is a real response somebody wrote. Dear sir, we, Mr. Rosen and I, had sent our manuscript for publication and had not authorized you to show it to Specialized before it is printed. I see no reason to address the, in any case, erroneous comments of your anonymous expert. On the basis of this incident, I prefer to publish the paper elsewhere. Signed, Albert Einstein. <laughs> so this is the way to respond if you don't like a peer review. Well, when you're peerless, you, you, <laughs> you can get annoyed by being subjected to this yeah, pedestrian treatment. Yeah. You would think so. However... It turns out that in this case, this manuscript was eventually published somewhere else. Mm -hmm. But the final version actually had many of the points that were pointed out by this anonymous expert mm -hmm. adjusted and incorporated because there were actually real problems with this paper. And the final version was very different. Yeah. Yes, I think in many ways. So this is our topic of today. We're talking about the peer review process. Mm hmm. And uh, this is um, maybe not the first, but a suggested topic by a listener. Hmm. Um, I, I recognize that actually our replication crisis episode was also recommended by uh, hmm. a listener as well, Peter mm -hmm. Isiger, a while ago. And this is uh, Emilia Bosche, who mm -hmm. uh, asked us to talk about this. Yeah. And, well, I guess we're going to talk about what it is, the peer review process. Um how it works, whether it works, uh, and, and all those kind of things. Yeah. How often have you peer-reviewed the work of other people? Uh, not that often, actually. I've only done it a couple times. I recently just got one um, thing that mm -hmm. I have to review um, for a conference, mm -hmm. but not that often at all. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm assuming you have done it many, many times. Yes, yeah. I've reviewed quite quite a lot. Um, I looked into it, so I have a folder with my reviews that uh -huh. I write. Because sometimes you have to check back, right? You get the review back, you get the response of mm -hmm. the author, so you have to mm -hmm. check. Uh, so this is just also, we're going to start with practical advice. Yeah. I highly recommend that you have a folder of peer reviews. Mm -hmm. I organize them by year, and then in every year I have a nice folder of the nice. review mm -hmm. that I need to do. Um, 
And um, yeah, this year I'm up to 17 nice. uh, reviews, peer reviews. Mm-hmm. And last year it ended up around 25, I think. So that's wow. sort of the average, I would say. Maybe two mm-hmm. a month, I guess. On okay, average. very good. Yeah. And maybe we can uh, talk about how many uh, papers you should review. What do you think? <laughs> how, how often should you review a paper? I mean, of course, you're, you have to be asked first. You have I to mean, be, so right. So this is more, yeah. You have yeah, to be yeah. asked to join the club. I mean, that's kind of, that's an interesting question. I mean, again, I don't get asked. I mean, because I, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not playing the publishing game as well as I guess I mm-hmm. should be. So I'm not in this, uh, yeah, in the club. But I mean, yeah, I would say maybe once a month sounds sort of doable and not too much. So maybe like 12 <laughs> a year. Yeah, sounds like a reasonable. Uh, yeah, sounds like a reasonable. Okay. What do you think? Well, I I think it probably depends on how often you submit something to mm. be reviewed by other people. So I actually have a sort of a rule that hmm, because the peer review system is a very social system. Yeah, right? we mm-hmm. basically do it for other people, and then other people review your papers. Mm-hmm. So if you want to keep this system going. Um, and let's say that you typically get two reviews for every paper you submit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then, you know, to keep the system going, you mm. have to basically review two papers for every paper that you want two reviews for. Interesting. So that's sort of my rule. It's huh. not like completely clear because sometimes you have co-authors, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but sometimes you have junior co-authors. They don't get asked to review so mm-hmm. often. Sometimes you're just a co-author of four or five people. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's not super clear if it's really for every, you know. But by and large, I think that's sort of the way to keep the system going. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's that's my general recommendation, Yeah, I would say. So you don't have to do 12 yet unless you have gotten a lot of reviews from other people, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah, of course, I'm not planning on doing it, but like, yeah, once you're in it, yeah, I guess, I guess that's a, that's a probably a better strategy. Is like you, you give, you put in what you are trying to get out of the system, so that it sort of balances out, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're mm-hmm. sending more yeah. things in, you publish more. What are your thoughts on people who say that reviewers should be paid, like, like there should, <laughs> that should be like a paid, yeah, gig well, instead of just doing it, you know, out of the goodness of your heart and for science. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good topic. I didn't think about <laughs> discussing it. Shall yeah. we? Maybe. Maybe before we um, talk about this, uh-huh. maybe we should briefly just yeah, say how absolutely. it works. Yeah. You know yeah, yeah. how it mm-hmm. works because we are already jumping into maybe you should be paid. So uh, clearly, you are not being paid. Right? I mean, we're <laughs> yeah. not being paid as peer reviewers. Right. But maybe it's a very quick sketch of how it works. Mm-hmm. And it's it's also interesting because things have changed a little bit. I think in the practical nature of it. So I was reading a little bit up on the history of peer mm-hmm. review and. Apparently now, of course, we have email, so we can just invite people right, and uh, send them an email, and it's all very quick. Mm-hmm. But in the beginning of peer review, um, people would just get a letter with all the material, and uh, I guess they didn't want to go this back and forth, like, hey, do you want to do it, and wait for the letter back? So they just sent stuff your way. You nice. would just get a package in the yeah. mail, <laughs> and they would just assign it to you. Say, "Hi, you are an expert. Here's the stuff you have to read." Like there was no yeah. apparently you couldn't even decline back then. Uh, but well, then, as if you don't respond, we'll see, you know, yeah. which probably did happen. Yeah, uh, probably did happen. But yeah. there were were also less papers to review. I think we'll, we might come mm. back to this. Mm-hmm. But but nowadays, in general. Um, it typically starts with this email that says your your name has been added to our 
editorial system mm-hmm. and then you already know what's going to happen so you first get an email like oh damn it somebody added me to your, to their system yeah. there's gonna be this invite in like you know an hour or two or so mm-hmm. um, and you get an invitation for um, uh, with a request whether you want to review something and um, often you have a little bit of information but they don't often send you the whole paper so you have to guess a little bit whether this is a paper that falls in your expertise you get an abstract Maybe, you know, Mm -hmm. something like this. Um, And then you have to guess, okay, yeah, I guess I can do this. And um, you accept and then you get access to the full files that are online. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that is if you are the reviewer. On the other hand, if you submit something and you want it to be peer reviewed, you submit it to a scientific journal. And then first, the editor of the journal will take a look. Does it fit with what we want to do? If you send it to a very prestigious outlet, they will also say, is this exciting enough for our awesome journal or mm-hmm. is it not worthy? So then there's a first step, which is desk rejection or not. So the mm-hmm. editor will accept it um, for the review process. But you can already get stopped basically immediately by the editor. And if you pass that step, it's sent out typically to two peers. Mm-hmm. Some journals try to be fancy, get more. Depends a little bit. Mm -hmm. And um, they send it to these people and they basically write what they think of your work and they'll send it back and then you get everything back with, yeah, some decision. And the decision is either uh, nobody liked it, go away, a reject, Mm -hmm. or a revise and resubmit, which is, you know, often you don't get an immediate accept decision. Mm -hmm. That's the last option. Often Mm -hmm. they want you to change some stuff. So that, right. that's sort of how it works, I think, mm-hmm. in practice. Yeah. And how long does the process typically take, in your opinion? Or does it really depend? There are huge differences. Very different, yeah. But there's like no, do they like let you know, like, hey, expect to hear from us like by X amount? Like, or no, not really. It's just like up in the air. I think this is something that many journals have worked on. So in the past, it really could be just months or mm. there are some journals, I think nowadays even, I mean, and maybe philosophy, for example, or some fields I've heard, it can take up to a year before you get something back. Wow. That's a long time. Which is very peculiar. Yeah, yeah, I think it's very peculiar. But I mean, it's philosophy, you know. <laughs> you have to take your time <laughs> yeah, to let it yeah, sink let in. It, let it, yeah, absorb. But of course, it's not very attractive to people who submit if they have to wait right. for an indefinite amount of time. Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of journals uh, that want to be a bit more competitive mm-hmm. uh, get interesting papers, right? Because they're also mm-hmm. fighting a little bit over who gets to publish your awesome work, right? Yeah. Um, so they, they say, no, we'll be very fast. We have a fast yeah. peer review system. You don't have to wait long. Mm-hmm. Um, and some try to do it really fast, for example. Yeah. It's also a little bit difficult because sometimes you get a letter uh, inviting you to review something. And they say, we would like to have your review within the next 10 days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I'm always like, what, 10 days? <laughs> Come on. Like if I want to yeah. do a good job, I have to schedule it in somewhere. That's, right. I, you know, so you can push people too far, uh, but it's better than eight months. Yeah. There's a, a solution I like quite a lot, mm. uh, which is relatively novel, I think. Um, and this is specifically for peer community in registered reports so maybe we should explain what this is Mm -hmm. so normally peer review of course happens at a journal Mm -hmm. so you go to the website of a scientific journal you're like hey i would like to submit my work to this journal they will have some instructions and a way to submit it 
The peer community in is a very recent innovation where there is no journal. It's Hmm. peers. It's Hmm. a community of peers, which peer review is also, of course, but it is independent of a journal. Hmm. So some people say, hey, we will just review your papers. Mm -hmm. You can take our opinion Mm -hmm. and then go to some journals that have said, oh, well, if this peer community in has reviewed it, that is just as good for us as when we organize the review process ourselves. Interesting. Now, why did they do this for registered reports? So registered reports are this format where you first submit the methods and the introduction and say, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And you get review based on the proposal. Mm-hmm. You haven't collected the data yet. So in these registered reports, uh, if people want to submit something as a registered report, there are some journals like, I don't know, Science, for example, it doesn't have a registered report format. You can't submit as a registered report. If you still want to have the benefits of peer review before you actually collect the data and you want to, you know, mm-hmm. do a strict study, um, you can submit your proposal to peer community in. They will review it for you. You get feedback, you collect the data, you write it up, you have as an end result a final paper, as you would otherwise also have, and now you can take this paper wherever you want to go. Now, some journals say, hey, we will just publish it. If you send it to something like science, they'll probably say, oh, cute that you tried this novel (laughs) publication. But we, of course, are the only people who can really recognize Mm -hmm. quality. So, you know, that's what we do. So they, you know, but you can submit it anywhere and it's still a registered report. So that's kind of, yeah, the interesting thing about uh, uh, this. Oh, yeah. And then we were talking about the time, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So Peer Community In has something they call scheduled review. Hmm. So you can submit a short Um, sort of pitch Mm -hmm. this is what i'm gonna submit to you in say six weeks from now Mm. and then the peer community and says okay thank you very interesting we know which expert peers we need we will invite them and then you can get an invite saying hey six weeks from now you're gonna get a manuscript to review we would like you to schedule in a free afternoon within the next couple of days after you receive this. And people mm. accept it and I've just done this. I'm an editor at Peer Community Inn. Cool. So I scheduled, I had this first scheduled review. Yeah, you mm-hmm. schedule it in. Some people get this and very quickly mm. you get this uh, the reviews in. Nice. Interesting format. Yeah, but yeah. typically, I mean, I, I submitted to a couple of journals. I've been waiting for probably eight weeks. And <laughs> yeah. after eight weeks, I am not even worried yet. You know, I'm just yeah. like, yeah. It was a summer holiday, whatever. People are busy. You know, I'm not even worried after eight weeks. I don't even start to worry. Maybe I'll start to worry after 12 or something. Maybe then I'll be like, hmm, what's what going happened? on, you know? Yeah. And is it is it considered, like, acceptable to email the editor and be like, hey, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Because yeah. I think a lot of people might not yeah. want to do this. Mm-hmm. Um it depends a little bit. Like if a journal would say, look, we take six months, so don't email us up mm. to this point. If they're mm-hmm. very clear that they're... But I would say, you know, after... Well, first of all, I'm often kind of happy that a paper is away and not coming yeah, back. Yeah, you don't you know, have because to yeah, think about it. I don't have yeah. to revise it. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah. You know, I don't <laughs> yeah. have to work Somebody on it. Somebody else's problem for now. Yeah. yeah, but I guess many more junior uh, uh-huh. researchers 
you know, they're still building their resume. Right. Uh, they're maybe going on the job market or uh-huh. something, you know. They would like to have an accepted paper. So I think for those people, it's it's acceptable to mm. send an email. Just mm-hmm. checking in. Dear editor, we yeah. submitted our paper mm-hmm. by this date. Mm-hmm. And we're just informing, where is it? You know, I mean, yeah. you know that there's not much yeah. they can do as well. If they're waiting for a reviewer, there's not much they can do. Right. But sometimes they can be like, oh, yeah. Hmm, this has been in the system for a long time. Mm-hmm. Let's check. And I I have had experience, and I think this is gonna be a bad episode in this sense for me, but myself. <laughs> I actually am not a very good editor. Let's just get this out of the way. <laughs> because I'm not organized enough to be a very oh, good editor. But okay. I have had cases where mm-hmm. and and also the systems you have to work in mm-hmm. as an editor mm. are not always so transparent. I see. And sometimes they s- don't send you a reminder email. So I've had cases where there's been a paper in my inbox as an editor mm-hmm. for weeks and weeks, maybe months, and I didn't know it was there. I see. And then if anybody would have just sent me an email, like, hey, where is it? Yeah, and then people would've... are very right. patient. And I'm like, mm-hmm. don't be so patient. Just send right. me an email. Yeah. I could have checked. So personally, I would say send that email. You know, it's definitely not that rude and people forget stuff. So I I would say, you know, after a couple of months, if you get worried, send that email. That's my recommendation. I mean, that's interesting you say that, but I would, but I do think that there are other people who would be kind of annoyed by that, right? Like Mm. it might work for you, but it might, and that's the, that's the whole, that's the most interesting thing about this whole sort of peer review process Mm -hmm. or maybe science in general. Like so much of it is just sort of, navigating these like social interactions and like how do you know like which person it's okay would be to nudge and which person would be sort of be like no i'm on top of things like don't bother me you know like i have another you know like it's like how do you ever know and it's so much of it is built on reputation right where it's like if people like you are they like okay this person's a good right then they will ask you to review and then maybe they will be Mm -hmm. also more lenient if you're submitting stuff right so it's just this sort Mm -hmm. of balancing act of not pissing off the wrong people and, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and a large part of the peer review process, I think, is behind closed doors. Right, yeah. So a lot of people really appreciate and we'll, we'll get to talk about open review. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, because that's a new development. Right. But a lot of people really value the fact that it's completely anonymous. Mm. So, I mean, it is closed. You don't know who reviews you. The editor makes a decision. Sometimes you don't know exactly what happened, you know. And this sort of closed process, yeah, I think some people like it, some people don't. But it makes it really difficult to learn about how this process works. Right. Right? Yeah. For example, there are people who um, complain after an editorial decision. Mm. So an editor says, okay, I read the reviews and I, I reject the paper. I don't mm-hmm. think it's good enough. And, and most of the time I would just say, okay, that's it. Game over. I mean, you try somewhere else. But there's also quite some people yeah, you who can just appeal. reply. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can appeal. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can appeal. You can say politely, mm-hmm. dear editor, mm-hmm. you're making a mistake here. Our wonderful paper. You know, right. you're missing yeah. out on a wonderful paper. Let, yeah. let's, let us just explain why this mm-hmm. point that you took so seriously from this reviewer is actually no biggie. No mm-hmm. worries. No worries. And yeah, there are people who do this. Some people do this a lot. Mm. Some people only do it when they really feel like there's been an injustice. And I think some people never do never it because do they it. don't even think it's an option. Yeah. And these differences are yeah due to the yeah. fact that it's such an intransparent system. Right. Right. Like what is and is not acceptable. 
Yeah. Totally right. Yeah. yeah. Although, I'm, yeah. I mean, I have heard also people say that sometimes you can tell who is like the reviewer, even though they're not signed or anything. You kind of can, especially if you're in some niche to- topic area. I'm sure <laughs> there's only like, you know, five other people that would be able to review your paper. So then don't you think you would know like who it is? So, I mean, it's intended to be anonymous. Yeah. And um, I think it's quite difficult. First of all, you never know for sure. So you always have this, right? You Uh always can hide behind it. Yeah. The only cases where I was pretty sure who the reviewer was is when they say, this is a lovely paper. You know what's missing? It's missing seven citations to this this other wonderful work (laughs) (laughs) that all happens to be from the same person. Yeah, and and that happens sometimes mm. that people recommend their papers. Yeah, um, and then you're like, okay, I guess this is one of the reviewers, right. um, which is interesting, by the way, because you have quite a lot of power as a reviewer, right? Mm-hmm. If you say, oh, but you missed these wonderful citations to these wonderful papers, um, what are you gonna yeah, do? Yeah, why didn't you, you write paper the paper published? that I wanted to read? You know? Yeah, it's like- yeah, that's that's also a very good criticism. <laughs> mm-hmm. Another point we will get to, I hope. Yeah. Yeah. But but about this, yeah, recommending things yeah. by a reviewer. So you're anonymous. You can get away mm-hmm. with a lot of stuff, right? That's the the benefit of being anonymous is I can tell you I really don't like your paper. Mm-hmm. You're my good friend, right? We right. run into each other all the time. You're mm-hmm. my good friend. I actually like you a lot, but you wrote a paper that I really think is not nice. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're not a Dutch person, mm-hmm. Because Dutch people would just say to your face, like, mm-hmm. I really like you and this is a crappy paper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? yeah. A lot of people are much more polite. They don't want to say, I right. don't like your paper to somebody's face. So that's why we have the anonymity. So that people can voice their criticism on anyone and not just a friend. Also a future person who might hire them. Mm-hmm. You know, or uh, the person who is an editor at a prestigious journal or, mm-hmm. you know, any kind of yeah, dependency or power that's in the system. Yeah, they're supposed to not know that you don't like their paper or recommended that it would not be accepted, for example. Mm-hmm. So that's a benefit, um, or, or that's the goal mm-hmm. of anonymity. Um, on the other hand, yeah, people can also abuse this. So in one way is they can tell you cite my paper. Another way is, um, yeah. You don't know who I am, so I'm just going to be harsh or mean. That's another concern that people sometimes have. Mm -hmm. You can be a jerk. Yeah. I mean, given that there's a push to move towards open science Mm -hmm. and more transparency, it sort of does seem like we should be moving. And some people do, right? I think you do sign your reviews, right? Mm -hmm. I know other people do too. And there's something to be said I mean, right, there's also people who recommend that you can also get credit for writing your reviews because there are all it can mm-hmm. be treated almost like a small piece of scholarship in and of itself because you do spend a lot of mm-hmm. time working on them. So you could usually mm-hmm. get credit for them. Yeah, there's something to be said about, you know, things being more transparent, like you were saying, and also yeah. giving people credit for all the work that they put in for doing it. True. Right. And then you would also have people being less openly, you know, rude or disrespectful. Right, like you would, you'd not be able to get away with that stuff if you're. If well, actually, some people do sign their <laughs> names on stuff. That's yeah. So who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Have you been on social media? I mean, some yeah, people yeah, just sign their true. name to very yeah, bad things. To all everything that's true. So yeah, but but yeah, yeah. 
but, but what would you do? So if you're going to get your review for something. Mm-hmm. So, so sometimes it's not even possible to sign, by the way. It's right. not always an option. So some journals say, no, this is blind review, mm-hmm. double blind. You don't know who they are. They don't know who you are. We find it is important. There's no way for you to sign. Yeah. So then you just have to accept it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes now you even see people who want to sign their reviews. Mm-hmm. They accept the review. And then they're like, oh, but I couldn't sign my review. You're like, no, yeah, you have to read the instructions. If this is a journal that doesn't allow this, it doesn't allow it. But let's say you review for a journal that Mm -hmm. would allow it. Mm -hmm. Um, So so there are two decisions typically to make. They're Mm -hmm. independent of each other. So one is, do you want your review to be open? Mm -hmm. Anybody can read what you wrote. So Mm -hmm. that is open review. Mm And the second is signing your review. Mm-hmm. You can do both together. You can do either or, you know. So you can just say, I was the reviewer. Nobody else can read my review. You mm-hmm. can do, I was the reviewer and said it, put it online. Everybody can read it. So if you get a, a review for something that you're an expert in, in the topic of your PhD thesis, for example, you do mm-hmm. it. What, what would you choose? Would you make it, want it to be open, the review? And would you sign your name if you thought about it? Um, yeah, I think I would do both. Mm-hmm. Um, a because I think it would then force me to do a better job. Well, not that I'm saying I would do a shitty job if it was closed, but you know, um, mm-hmm. to to you know make sure that I do it really really well. And then yeah, I, I you know as if you're if you're writing something down, and especially if it's an evaluation of somebody, I think I think if if you have the option, you should be willing to put your name on it, right? Mm. Well, it's an evaluation of somebody's work, right? Yeah, Not exactly. Them, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, somebody's yeah, of somebody's work. work. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, which, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's Although an important it might distinction. Feel, it might yeah, feel like... Yeah, but it might feel the yeah. same. Yeah, it might right. feel the same. And it's good, you know, and I tried to do it the few times I have done reviews, I think. The initial section where you first try to write, like, give a good summary of what they have done, I think that is so important. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think if I if I were doing it in an open review, I would make sure that that part is really clear, right? Because you want to first let people know that I I understood what you did, and mm-hmm. this is like as fair a summary of of what you have done. So I so you know, mm-hmm. and I know that we both know that I understand what you have done, and now here yeah. are like the things that I think are the issues. So I think having that piece in, if it's open, like would be more would make more sense, right? Because then other people mm-hmm. can read it and be like, okay, yeah, right. So. You did understand what it was. You about. do understand because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people don't do that, and I think that's that's sometimes you see right, like it's like okay, they said something, and you're like, no, you just did not understand, or you did not read mm-hmm. that part, right? And so you mm-hmm. you want to be very clear that you know if you're if you're doing a good job, and you you should be able to summarize their main argument mm-hmm. and their main thesis really really well if you're doing yeah. a good job of reviewing, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's the sort of practice that many people yeah. have. I agree, it's good practice that you yeah. start your review with something like, in this paper, right. the authors do this and this and show this and yeah. this and conclude this and this. Right. And then you say, and and, and now I'm going to tell you why this is all horribly wrong. <laughs> but at <laughs> least you were very clear about it. Yeah. No, yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, it's like if, if you're just writing to the authors, there's less of an, although, I mean, I guess you, you, you still do it, but I think, it makes more sense to do that well if it's going to be open. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. And would you also sign it if you have to say, well, I just think that this is really badly done. You overlooked these four confounds here. Um, you draw a conclusion there that's completely invalid. Um, yeah. All sorts of mistakes. Long list of mistakes. <laughs> I mean, I think... I mean, I have like, I've had people say that maybe I was Dutch in a different life. I can be pretty straightforward, (laughs) but I also think that I can be pretty, you know, I I think I'm 
well, maybe I'm wrong to think this, but I think there's ways to say things, right? You can mm-hmm. give criticism in a way that doesn't yeah. come across as harsh or yeah. sort of disrespectful. So I think like, you you know, you can be, it's almost like when you're teaching, right? You do have to sometimes mm-hmm. let people know that they've made a mistake, but as long as they mm-hmm. can tell that it's coming from a yeah. good place and you're trying to, and there's one, so there's um there's a sentence from like Imre Lakatos's um, science and pseudoscience talk that we um, mm-hmm. cited in our skepticism episode that I really, really love where he said that important criticism is always constructive. And I think that is very true, right? Even when you're teaching at any point, right? I think if you if you are giving good criticism that's valid, it should mm-hmm. always be given with the spirit of like, oh, this is how you can improve things, right? So not that you did mm-hmm. something wrong, but oh, these are, you know, yeah, this is where maybe things are lacking and this is what you might do to help, you know, because I, yeah, I, I do think sometimes you, when you hear people t- talk about peer review, it feels like, the sort of spirit of it gets lost in the process. It becomes mm-hmm. like a oh, like a fight over like who's right, as opposed to like, well, mm-hmm. you know, how do we make this better, and how can we make this clearer or improve it? And I think mm-hmm. if you can keep that in mind and give criticism yeah. with like a sort of more of a constructive, you know, bent, then I think it doesn't have to feel like an attack, right? Yeah. yeah. No, I think it's a great attitude. Yeah. It's also the kind of review that I like to write right. best, yeah. where you feel like you're helping, helping authors. Yeah. Um, to prevent maybe a mistake here or there and to, you yeah. know, ask them to clarify some yeah. things that are not clear to others yeah. or to better conceptualize things. So really the constructive criticism that allows yeah. them to improve it yeah. that would also lead to a paper then being accepted. Right. Yeah. It's also nice because if you review papers, sometimes I review papers uh, a, a couple in a row and they're not very good and then you're like yeah the editor decides to reject them mm-hmm. um, because sometimes as a reviewer you're asked to say would you would you right. recommend that this is accepted or not some journals don't like that they say no our editors do this you just write mm-hmm. what you think and the editor will decide so that's also an interesting difference but yeah sometimes you review things and they're all rejected and you're like yeah this is a bit sad you know yeah um, which is which is also one of the reasons why I prefer to review something like a registered report. Mm. Because then you can catch these things before, before they're wrong. Right. And I think many people like it as a researcher to mm-hmm. get these comments mm-hmm. before you've done all the work. But as a reviewer, I also really like giving the comments before it's too mm-hmm. late rather than yeah. after it's too late. After you know? it's too late to fix those things. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever, I know there's ways where you can make comments just for the editors so that the authors don't mm-hmm. see it. Do you ever do that? Mm-hmm. Like in what cases would you, <laughs> would you do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. It's nice. So, you know, all the, all the little things about <laughs> the review process. It's good. Right. You no, know, yeah. because I think many people, you have to fill out these forms. Mm-hmm. Right, you don't just send your word document, but often right. you have to fill in some forms. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sometimes very structured forms. Sometimes you don't write; they just say, "Tell us something about the method here. Tell us something about the conclusion here, and mm-hmm. stuff like this." Or tell us, was it well written or not? Do you think that it's exciting for yeah. readers? They ask all sorts of stuff. But yeah, often there's a field like comments to the author. Would they fall asleep if they're reading? <laughs> we're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> just like, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Well, sort yeah. of. You have to guess yeah. uh, how many people. People will be excited about this finding. Like, <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but uh, yeah, there's also this field like comments to the editor. Mm. It, it's a good question. Like, what are you supposed to yeah. write there? Um, so I think 
uh, often I don't use it because mm-hmm. everything they need to know is basically there. Mm-hmm. But sometimes there's something that you want to point out mm. um, that you don't want to put in the paper itself. For example, something like, well, I think it's important that you know that they published a similar paper a year ago uh, that has really strong overlap in terms of the introduction or something, you know? Um, and very rarely you would point out something saying, well, I don't know what's happening here, but these numbers are a bit weird or something. You know, so sometimes... Suspicions of only... fraud, yeah. Well, not really... Fr- well, I mean, some worries that you will have mm. about something. It's super rare, but those are basically the only cases I can remember where I would add something, where I think, okay, there's something else you might mm-hmm. need to know that could be problematic, but I mm-hmm. don't know. I don't know for sure, but I just want to point, point it out. And, you know, the editor decides about this stuff. Um, it's super rare, but that's the only thing I would put in there. I don't know what else you're supposed to put. Well, in I that field, know. actually, I don't know. you know, yeah. like have a nice day no. for, uh, you know, <laughs> no, what am I supposed to tell the yeah. editor? I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess if you, I mean, so recently I was asked to review something recently and there was a, the, in the beginning of it, there was a thing of like, do you have a conflict of interest, which I mm-hmm. thought was such an interesting question. And I wanted mm-hmm. to ask you, because oftentimes you will have a thing where people will ask you to recommend or you can like recommend reviewers for your paper mm-hmm. or even like even if the editors are picking people in the discipline who are sort of in a position to review your paper, isn't there automatically a conflict of interest if you're doing something that is showing results that is different than what they're, right? Like if they're an expert on it and you just disagree, Mm -hmm. you know, you have different theories or whatever, your empirical results sort of, you know, are counter to Mm -hmm. what they would, like, aren't those like conflict of interest? Like, yeah, how do you decide I mean, I, yeah. I assume if they don't have that like checkbox, then you could put that in the paper or maybe maybe you would not expect accept it. But or maybe it's yeah. not bad enough to not accept it. But you're like, hey, just letting you know. Right. Mm-hmm. Like there's some somebody could think of it as I don't know. Yeah. This all yeah. seems just yeah. so like fuzzy. Right. I think it is fuzzy. Yeah. Now, first of all, if you have uh questions yourself about a conflict of interest yeah uh, i wouldn't do the review and put it in this box right. but you should probably reach out to the editor in and advance. be like right yeah yeah because sometimes you don't know sometimes they send you an abstract they keep mm-hmm. the authors anonymous mm-hmm. um it can be that you get a paper and you immediately know who it's by <laughs> yeah because this paper this person has just asked you to give feedback on ah, this paper right. because they're your good friend mm-hmm. And you don't work together often, but you know each other. And then they submit it somewhere and you get it. I mean, stuff like this can happen, right? Mm -hmm. Now, there's a, I think there's (laughs) a form. Or I think on Twitter, you see people like getting their own paper to review. Yeah. Oh, I already (laughs) said, okay. So if we're going there, I already said that this is going to be a very painful episode for me. (laughs) Yeah. Have you done that? And, and and we're we're always very honest in this podcast. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, I have done this. I have done this. And let me just explain how it can happen because it, it sounds so ridiculously stupid. Yeah. And let's be honest, that was pretty stupid yeah. when I did this. It is pretty stupid. Yeah. But I'll explain how errors are made. I'm, uh-huh. I work at a human factors department. Yeah. People make errors. I'm mm-hmm. not ashamed of errors. People right, make right, them. Right. Mm-hmm. We need to understand how does it happen. So this is a paper with many authors. Mm-hmm. You get it. You're always a bit busy, but the first time you read through the paper, you're like, okay, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, good paper. Okay. You invite a bunch of reviewers, like three, four. You hope that, you know, two will say yes. Mm-hmm. They decline. 
everybody declines. You're like, no, I'm too busy, too busy, too busy. You're like, okay, I have to find some more reviewers. You spend a couple more time. You try to find them. Mm -hmm. Okay, you find two other reviewers. Okay, okay. And then there's a point. They also, you know, you have to wait for a while before they accept it or not. And sometimes you wait for a week or two weeks, maybe. You know, please, please accept it. Okay, I haven't heard anything. It's nice if people decline immediately Mm. but some people don't even bother to decline Mm. an invitation to Mm -hmm. review they just don't respond Mm. so you're waiting for a week and you you have another round you wait for another week and then you just log into the system and you're like damn it still no i still need a review for this paper it's been four weeks i don't have anybody Mm -hmm. and you just look at those other people you invited your associative memory goes like, oh, you know who would be a good person? Hmm. This other person. They do exactly this stuff. Because it's a month ago. You've forgotten that this other person is actually the sixth author on the paper. And you're like, oh, damn it. So this is how it went, basically, you know? Because, yeah, yeah, you do this editorial stuff next to all your other things. You log into the system. You're like, oh, damn it, I need it. So I've done this. I've done this. It's very shameful. I am am ashamed. I'm, I'm pretty sure I would have figured it out, you know, if they would have tried to write a review for themselves yeah. by that time I would have been hey wait this is Something also I would have picked up on the fact that they were also on the author list sooner or later I'm pretty sure yeah. but it slipped it slipped my mind yeah. after like a month or something that's how it went so yeah people always yeah slightly make fun of people who do it and by all means make fun but this is an honest podcast we talk yeah, about honest we stuff talk about and it, and it happened very understandable. like this so. it happens yeah sometimes people try to fool the system by the way there are peer review mm. rings Mm-hmm. So about the recommending reviewers, sometimes right. people can yeah. do this. Mm-hmm. 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 And I am going to recommend, um, you know, uh, I don't know, you can come up with a fake name for yourself. <laughs> and uh, maybe even some people make a fake website for this researcher, but it's just your email address. Yeah, they will review their own papers or they'll review it for friends. So then it's a peer review ring. And that's a bunch of people who agree when you get a review of my paper and I get a review of your paper, we're going to write positive things and and recommend them to accept it. And that also happens. Mm -hmm. And they get caught sometimes after a while. But that that happens. Yeah. 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 It's not great. But I think, you know, with any system, right, you, you know. There are people who are trying to cut corners or, mm-hmm. you know, they're trying to rig the system. So I guess this is no, this is no different. Yeah. And, and here I think that open reviews could right. also help a little bit. They make everything a yeah. bit more transparent. You can see what reviews are done. Um, and, and in this open mm-hmm. review, you can not just see um, who did it, you know. I mean, the signing is one thing. But mm-hmm. you can also see how critical was this evaluated. Um, So you're talking about a conflict of interest, right? Conflicts of interest are very formal characteristics. Like we probably would have a conflict of interest, Mm -hmm. I would say, because we're two good friends Mm -hmm. and we are working together on things. Maybe, (laughs) maybe not. Maybe Uh we might write a paper together one day. I don't know. It might happen. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Who knows, you know? But we have a conflict of interest in this sense. Um, Mm -hmm. You have conflicts of interest with your family members. Mm. You have conflict Mm -hmm. of interest with your department members. But the idea of a conflict of interest for your department is that departments are often Mm. evaluated on how Mm -hmm. often the Mm -hmm. entire department publishes. Stuff like this, you know, Mm. stuff like this. So so there are a category of formal conflicts of interest. Now, you also have sort of bias. And what you mentioned is more like, yeah, yeah, if somebody publishes something you don't like or goes against your Mm -hmm. theory... Maybe you're biased against it, right? 
And re- remember that, mm-hmm. for example, in the episode on the replication crisis, mm-hmm. we talked about this paper on elderly priming, the replication right, study, right. which mm-hmm. was rejected again and again mm-hmm. at all sorts of journals before it appeared in PLOS One, this open access journal. Yeah, yeah. People can say, I don't like the results of this paper. I think it's badly done. You might actually yeah. believe it's badly done, but you might also be a bit biased. The opposite direction also happens. And actually, the, some of the mm-hmm. first papers where I got reviews, people were just <laughs> way too positive. This was about a topic where people thought, mm-hmm. oh, it's so great. Mm-hmm. More people are publishing on this. I really like that my research area is getting more attention. I would love my research area wow. to be published in the top journals in mm, the field. So they can also bias. be biased in the opposite direction. Mm. Exactly. And then if you would mm. be able to read the papers, even without their names, you would just read it and be like, wow, this person really didn't pick out mm-hmm. any of the possible criticisms you could mm-hmm. have on this paper. Like they are just over the top positive. Yeah. Would also be interesting to see yeah. because it happens. Yeah, it has happened that is so in the past. Yeah. Tricky. Um, but I think but I think maybe this is something we we sort of mm-hmm. we sort of touched on it in our conversation of like you know intellectual vices and intellectual virtues but I think that is like sort of being fair minded you know um mm-hmm. is so important in science right because this is where it comes into yeah. play at at points like this right where you have to like yeah maybe like say things that go against you know what is objectively better for you in terms of your theory or your data or also like be fair to people who maybe you don't even like as people and that you mm-hmm. think they're sort of unpleasant people, but you still need to be fair to their work if they've done good work, right? And I think you see a lot of people that are totally okay with being biased mm-hmm. in either direction, right? I've seen a lot of people being positively biased when they like people mm-hmm. and being negatively biased when they don't. And I'm like, you, as a scientist, you should mm-hmm. you should try, right? Like at least the goal should be to like, be as objective and fair-minded as you can be because it, it sort of matters, right? The integrity of what we do mm-hmm. depends on it, yeah. Now, completely true. And, yeah. and you're making, you know, sometimes quite important decisions in important yeah. journals. God, I hate, I hate politics. I just, and that's one of the reasons, like, it's like, to me, it is all, like, I, I know I'm not, like, made for just, like, politics and all this stuff and i thought of all the places i thought academia would be one place where you would see less of it right because we're all just nerds right and it's like we just care about our work and then oh boy was i wrong you know yeah yeah well i don't know i don't know if it's more or less it depends on what your comparison is but it is not absent no people have agendas yeah. they have desires yeah and, yeah, and, and the peer review process yeah if you yeah. keep everything sort of anonymous and closed then it can come out yeah that's just where it can come out right. so um yeah yeah and 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 sometimes people are just honestly wrong about stuff and i think this is important maybe to also discuss like i sometimes say the peer review process Mm -hmm. is only as good as the the peers (laughs) nice right yeah Yeah. so if you have really good peers Mm -hmm. yeah you can get very good criticism Mm -hmm. and things improve but sometimes the peers that are asked to comment on something just give not very good comments and now you might think that this is the moment where i should take an example of my own paper where people have mis, uh, you know, misjudged my uh-huh. own work, but I'll I'll do you a little bit better. Uh-huh. So I'm gonna nice. read you a recommendation that somebody wrote uh-huh. 
for uh, the book that Darwin mm -hmm. wrote, mm -hmm. The Origin of Species. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm going to give you basically what appears on the origin of species. On the origin of species. Yeah. So the book, the book is here. The book is here. Somebody reads it and gives Darwin <laughs> some good advice. Yeah. And then you can judge if peers also always give perfect advice uh -huh. or not. All right. So this, this person writes, um, The journal of Mr. Darwin is, as you have often heard me say, one of the most charming books in the language. No person could detail observations in natural history in a more attractive manner. The dissertation on species is, on the contrary, in a much harder and drier style. Mm. So, so they don't really like it. They give some recommendations. Influenced by these considerations, Sir Charles urged the publication of Mr. Darwin's observations upon pigeons, mm. which he informs me are curious, ingenious and valuable in the highest degree, accompanied with a brief statement of his general principles. Mm. He might then remark that of these principles, the phenomena respecting the pigeons were one illustration and that a larger work would shortly appear in which the same conclusions would be demonstrated by examples drawn from the wide world of nature. So instead of the entire book, they just want a small part. They want something about pigeons. Pigeons. Uh, pigeons. Yeah. And then this person says, this appears to me to be an admirable suggestion. Even if the larger work were ready, it would be the best mode of preparing the way for it. Everybody is interested in pigeons. <laughs> yeah, so they find the whole origins of species just a li little bit dry. A little, little bit dry. And the recommendation is, why, why don't you just take the parts about pigeons? Oh, that's so cute. And you just publish a book about pigeons. Yeah. No. Oh, that's so yeah. funny. I wonder... So I know, I mean, I'm good friends with uh, Darwin Scholar. I, I'll have to ask mm. him about this. Um, this is such an interesting anecdote. But he's apparently, yeah, I mean, people do, people did think or do think that he was one of the best sort of science writers, um, was able to write mm -hmm. things really well. But it's um, interesting. Yeah, that, I'm assuming he did not take that advice, right? He didn't yeah. take that advice. And, you know, and that's an interesting thing because um, sometimes you our best you know yeah. the best course of action is to ignore right. comments by readers yeah. and and that's an interesting dynamic because you of course are a little bit dependent mm -hmm. on their judgment maybe not completely you can always go to a different journal and try there uh, but you can sometimes push back a little bit to um review comments and and that's probably uh, in this case we can be <laughs> happy that that happened yeah. but i think in general sometimes it's good so I see when you co-author with people, sometimes people are very, yeah, basically willing to do whatever they think the reviewer wants mm, them to do mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to get it accepted. And sometimes people are a bit more, well, thank you, reviewer, for these comments. But here is a little bit of an explanation for why I'm not going to do this. Right. And in, in general, you can really go... Uh, both ways right. i mean you can just you know you can try to of course incorporate good suggestions mm -hmm. but you can definitely push back on reviewers and say well you want us to do this but yeah we don't think this is improving the manuscript right. yeah so this brings me to a question that i sometimes think about yeah like are like is how much you're willing to capitulate to like what your reviewers want you to do depend on how 
like strongly you feel about what you have done like if the goal is just mm-hmm. to get published then of course you would just sort of acquiesce mm-hmm. to whatever you're being asked to do because your final goal is just to get published mm-hmm. as opposed to if you're like no i have you know like i've done something and i think that means something like here are my mm-hmm. like if you're very clear and like okay this is what i want to say and this is what i think the data mean then mm-hmm. do you think th- then in that case you would be less willing to sort of change your paper or I mean, I'd definitely be less willing to do things that you know will make it worse, but also be less willing to give if it mm. sort of if if it sort of significantly changes the conclusions you would draw because you've already sort of drawn them and you're sort of more sure about what they are. Yeah. Right. As opposed yeah. to if the goal was just to get published, then it's like, OK, I'll do whatever you right Because you see that on mm-hmm. social media, right, where people you can tell they're just saying things not because they really believe it, but because they're just trying to get likes. Right. And you would just do things mm. that get you likes. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. You would you do changes to the manuscript you think the reviewers like, so it gets accepted. Right. It's it's definitely possible, and I think people might do some things to a paper that they think does not make it better. Mm-hmm. Now, then, I mean, what are the categories of things that people would criticize where this plays a role? Right. Mm. I think it's mainly discussing certain viewpoints or alternative explanations, mm. or you know, people add sections to a paper. Um. In some journals, people would really maybe rewrite a paper substantially. So now I think we're quite wary of things like p-hacking, harking, Mm -hmm. hypothesizing Mm -hmm. after results or no. But I know that in the past, reviewers would try to be helpful. And it's actually the reviewers who would say, you know what would make more sense? If you would just write it up like this, as if you predicted a pattern like this (laughs) from this theory. And then the result that you report here would flow so nicely from it. What do you think? Mm -hmm. And people, I think in the past, would do that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So now... I hope that's going to be much less common than it used to be. But the, then we're talking about really giving in to reviewers and making, I would say, big changes. Yeah. Often it's more in the direction of, hey, why not in the general discussion also write something about topic X because it mm. seems so related to topic X or relevant for it. And topic X is just what the reviewer really likes. Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah, that didn't improve anything, but sure. I see, yeah. Now, most of the time, I hope we're really talking about unclear things mm-hmm. or things that are not correct mm. in a review where you point out look you draw this conclusion you can't draw this conclusion based mm-hmm. on this and this for these reasons or maybe just i don't know exactly what you meant with this mm-hmm. but for me as a reader it's difficult to understand for you as an author yeah sure you thought about it a long time but i don't get the point yeah and those are not so bad to incorporate i would say basically anytime somebody says this is unclear, mm-hmm. you you have a better job to do as a writer, right? So yeah, you can change something. Yeah. And and with things where they say this is wrong, you can typically have a factual discussion. So mm-hmm. it would be clear in the end who's right or who's wrong about this topic, I would say. I mean, do you think like how much do you think you have to have like good social skills to be able to navigate? Some people are a bit more combative, I think, mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. their replies. They yeah. really want to say, the reviewer says this, but we were right, dear mm-hmm. editor. I you see. can ignore the reviewer, just take our paper uh-huh. as it is. And and some people are a bit more like, okay, okay, sure, sure, mm. if you want this, you know, maybe this will improve things. Um, the, the whole question of how much things improve mm-hmm. due to peer review, I think that's a very interesting one to reflect on so now we're talking about you know you get all these comments you do this back and forth it's effortful it takes a lot of time 
Why don't we just put our preprint online? Say, well, you know, maybe there's a minor mistake here or there, but it's basically 99% there. Let's mm-hmm. skip the whole review thing because it takes so much time from everybody. And surely, you know, this is fine. Um, what do you think about this? Like, have you ever cited a preprint? And, and you're, you know, what would it add if it had under, undergone peer review? Yeah, that's a good question. I guess, yeah, I guess maybe it's more of a just a psychological heuristic people have of like, oh, this has been vetted in some way by some experts, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. So it gives mm-hmm. it maybe some more credence. And I think for some people, actually, it's more about like, okay, it's been formatted a certain way and like the typos have been taken care of, right? Like, it's just also mm-hmm. like easier to read sometimes because you don't want to have to read through people's typos, I guess. Um, <laughs> but I think it's more just so that you think that, oh, it's been vetted by experts and that gives it a bit more credibility. That's what mm-hmm. I would think, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's interesting. So then you would say uh, the goal of peer review is not really even to improve yeah. papers per se, but mm-hmm. it's sort of like to vet them to say, yeah, yeah. this is good. This Somebody is good looked enough. at it, it's right. not crazy. Mm-hmm. And And even if they didn't, recommend any changes they Mm -hmm. just say this is a lovely paper of course they would still say you forgot to cite my three papers here but that's their only contribution (laughs) and it's vetted there Mm -hmm. we are boom yeah yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think that's very interesting because um in in the origin of peer review i think now we often talk about it needing to improve a paper right Mm -hmm. but the origin of peer review isn't really about improving papers Mm. that much um Maybe this is a good moment to do our quiz again. Ooh. I have a, a question. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Can you guess the year in which the journal Nature started external peer reviews uh, to have this as a requirement for being published? Which year did they start this peer review process as we have it now? You know, in for the sake of transparency, I will say I think I heard you either mention it or somewhere in the notes that it's not as old as we think it is. So, <laughs> but I but I actually don't think the exact date was there or I didn't see it. So let me think. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna say nineteen. Well, if Einstein was sort of not, if if Einstein was sort of surprised by his work going out for peer review, <laughs> it would have to be somewhere. I would say like nineteen twenty. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm happy that we have one of our first cases where you're pretty far off ah, because no. it's 1973. Oh my god. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Well, same century, yeah, so. I think same it's... century, yeah. yeah. You weren't more than a century off. Yeah, so that's like less than 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think this is something that would surprise most people. Yeah. So you're completely right. Einstein was even insulted right. that his paper would undergo peer yeah. review. That doesn't mean it didn't happen before, actually. Um, it happens to be the case that our uh, good friends at the Royal Society, who mm. also proposed the nullius in verba mm-hmm. statement, yeah. um, they also started to experimenting with real external reviewers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they did this for the first time in 1832. Um, we have some references in the show notes of mm-hmm. the history of peer review where these numbers come from, also mm-hmm. that nature was so late. So what these papers on the history of peer review show, which is interesting, is that 
peer review happened at different journals mm -hmm. at very different times hmm. for no clear reason, even in the same field. It wouldn't just spread from one place and everybody did it. It was more like, oh, they got this editor and this editor thought, yeah, why not? It it's about like a good time. Idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And actually only um, way after the Second World War, mm -hmm. so starting from the 70s and uh -huh. then running up to the 90s, I think by the 90s it was really commonplace. Mm. And why is this? We already discussed in a previous episode that the Second World War and the following Cold War mm -hmm. led to a huge investment in science. Right. Everybody was, you know, after the uh, atom bomb, people were like, oh, wait, what mm -hmm. these scientists are doing might actually sometimes be kind of useful. Mm. Let's give them some more money, mm -hmm. maybe a lot more money. Mm -hmm. So what do you have if you have more money? You have more papers. Right. You still have the same journal. So these journals really went from, oh, I hope somebody wants to submit something to our journal, which is sort of the situation in the 30s. Mm -hmm. You know, a physics journal would be sort of happy, not just if Einstein submitted something, but basically if anybody, anybody submitted a yeah. paper, they're mm -hmm. like, oh, nice. Up to a point where they get so many submissions, they're like, yeah, we need somebody to tell us what goes in which, which and what will, doesn't yeah. go in. Right. And that function has nothing to do with improving your paper mm. and being constructive and all this stuff we talk about. It's just like, okay, we are selective. Is this the best stuff you think we should uh, publish mm -hmm. or is this not the best stuff? Yeah. Very different function. I mean, there is a lot of stuff out there, <laughs> right? Like <laughs> there, the, the, <laughs> if, if you if you try to like go through it all yourself, of course, it's going to drive you crazy because <laughs> there's just so much stuff getting published now. Um, yeah. w would it be more efficient to just have like a yes published or no published instead of putting people through all this like, oh, you know, now write this like very nice flowery letter about how you love the paper <laughs> and the, you know, font <laughs> was great <laughs> and um, this and that yeah. for you. Or, um, yeah, should it be more of like a quicker like, okay, yeah, yes, accept yeah. or no, not <laughs> accept to make it more of an efficient process. And then they, you know, figure out what to do themselves and that lowers a burden on the reviewers. Yeah. So. I mean, I think this, we get to the point where people just have their personal preferences, mm. right? I, I don't think we know. There's a huge amount of experimentation going on with the peer review process, suggestions of let's do it like this, let's try it like this, let's get rid of it, let's do mm. it, <laughs> you know, let's review preprints, let's uh, do only post-publication peer review, let's have a voting system, let's have a discussion yeah, forum, like a I mean, all tomatoes, sorts of stuff. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, all sorts of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Now, in in my experience, I mean, if you write something, even if we would just have a preprint, uh -huh. would you ask two good friends that you trust, or maybe mm -hmm. not even friends, but like people that you know and mm -hmm. that are willing to read your paper and give you some feedback, would you ask them for comments? I think so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you would incorporate those comments. So I think that process just makes sense to me. Hmm. I often do it before I submit. Right. I will ask some people like, hey, I wrote a paper about this. Do you want to read it and give mm -hmm. some feedback? Because, you know, I think about submitting this somewhere. 
Mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of people who don't have friends or good colleagues <laughs> or other people to, you know, <laughs> wow. to ask. Wow. To ask I to feel, do this. Is that, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I feel a little attacked, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, well, this is it, Sweetie. The peer review process exists so that some people will actually read your paper. That's just <laughs> right. it. That's what it's for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, at least two other people will read your paper. We'll read no, them, yeah. but I think the way that people get access to these people that can give good feedback. Mm. Yeah, you you know them or you don't know them. Like you, right? Yeah, you have you have your Nobel Prize winning <laughs> friends yeah. in the cafeteria, uh-huh. and you can just be like, oh, by the way, oh, here's my right. paper. Can you just read it and give uh-huh. some feedback? Well, well, we don't all have access mm. to Nobel Prize winning <laughs> colleagues that can give feedback, so you can sort of see the peer review process as, hey, send mm. it to us. We'll find people for you that are capable and give you feedback, mm. and. And that's a little bit where you get the help, hmm. right? So I think this, the, the, the functions peer review has is a little bit different. For some aspects, it's, okay, we have a journal. Not everything can go in. Mm-hmm. Should this go in? That's yeah. one part of the discussion. Mm-hmm. The other is, is there stuff that people can improve? In my experience, both as an author and as a reviewer, mm-hmm. the answer is, in every paper, yes. In yeah. every paper, there's stuff I can imp- improve. Mm-hmm. If only because when I wrote it, I got a little bit lazy and I really yeah. didn't didn't want to figure this thing out completely. And I mm-hmm. wrote something that's pretty okay, I think. But then a reviewer is like, it's pretty okay. But what exactly do you mean? Right. You're like, yeah, I knew you were going to say this. Okay, yeah. I go back. I fix it up. Mm-hmm. I make it better. Yeah. So I think that that process is also pretty good, you know? Yeah. And... It's difficult for me to point to a paper that has not been improved by peer reviewers. Mm-hmm. You know, every paper I've written is a little bit better. Is it worth it? Ah, you know, I read a lot of preprints. I'm mm-hmm. pretty happy with the preprints. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they would also be a little bit better. Is it worth all the effort? That's a difficult one. But then you also have to worry about, right? I mean, which are the preprints that are going to get the most eyes? It's like, you know, people like you. Right. If you put out a prepend, yeah. I'm like it will be downloaded by like a thousand people in the first day, whereas if nobody did, right? Um, exactly. Even if their paper no, I, was great, yeah. oh, there's a Matthew effect, right? So if you, you exactly, know, but if you manage to get it published in Nature, right, then of course it would get a lot more traction, right? If it's a really good paper and they are doing their job right, then even papers from you know nobodies that are good papers would get the credit that yeah. they deserve, right? Yeah. I think you're sketching the most positive. Uh, use case of peer review and right. and a system where somebody decides what goes mm-hmm. into nature. Yeah. So those these people are not impressed. These editors are not impressed by how big your name yeah. is and how prestigious you mm-hmm. are. They look at the paper. They're like, is this good stuff? Is mm-hmm. this what we want? We right. don't care who you are, where you're from. Right. Whether that happens that actually or not. works on any practice, yeah, that's up for yeah. debate. Yeah. yeah, yeah, or or actually, I think we sort of know no, from yeah. uh, research that there is bias yeah. there as yeah. well. So yeah. it's not yeah. as clean as you'd like. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, it is definitely better than put your paper mm-hmm. on a preprint server and right. hope that people read it. Yeah. yeah. So in that sense, um, yeah, yeah, you yeah. can make a point for you know a little bit of selection. Uh, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a tricky thing. Although I recently did hear a Nobel laureate talking about how we should just get rid of journals. He was so against impact factors. It's like they're mm-hmm. the worst thing mm-hmm. ever. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. there's something to mm-hmm. it. They're, you know, and but, yeah. but actually that brings us back to this whole like, I mean, this whole publishing system. Mm-hmm. It's a scam. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a mm-hmm. total scam, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, 
I think it's Brian knows it once, but right, like you pay them to to, to get yeah. your work published, and then you have to pay pay them to buy it back from them, and it's like it's all everything is bad. Mm-hmm. People they have like these huge margins, like it's total yeah. scam uh, with like huge profit margins, right? Um, mm-hmm. but then I mean that's one thing, of course. But then the other thing is like, what do you think about? You didn't answer my question of like, should reviewers be getting paid? Yeah, no, this is the point where we should get back to it because you're right. I mean, the publishing system is making a lot of money money. for publishers. Right. Who's doing the labor? Yeah. Well, we are for free. Yeah, for free. And and I think that is something that people are discussing. Now, Mm -hmm. I think there are two solutions here. And one is if you work for a publisher who's going to make a lot of money from Mm -hmm. publishing this paper. Mm Mm-hmm. In that system, it makes a lot of sense that people get paid for work they mm-hmm. do for a commercial publisher. Mm-hmm. And actually, I would even say that when... So there's a lot of stuff that gets reviewed, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we talk about papers. There are grants right. that are reviewed. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there we do it for funders, for mm-hmm. science funders. So there's no money involved. But sometimes you can review a book. Hmm. And for book reviews, which I always felt like, yeah, you write a book, you're going to sell it, you're going to make money. Here, the author is even going to make some money. Probably not a lot, but some money (laughs) is involved, Uh you know. All parties make some money. And there, in the beginning, they said, oh, if you want to review for us, we will send you three free books. Oh. And like, yeah, that doesn't, yeah, you, oh yeah, you're you're happy with this, (laughs) of course. You're like, hey, free books, free free books, great. that, That sounds great, yeah. But often I would just reply and say, well, how about you just pay me? Uh-huh. And to my surprise, they would just say sometimes, sometimes depends on the publisher, oh, but the bigger publishers would just be like, well, how about $250? Is that fine? Hmm. I'm like, well, I definitely like $250 over four of your books that I know you sell them for $100 a piece. So it yeah. sounds like they're very expensive, but they shouldn't even be that expensive right. to begin with. Give yeah. me the 250 and I'll right. just, you know. It's better than $0. So, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. But there I want to get paid. Mm. Now, for some completely um, normative kind of reason, social norms, I never ask for money for a journal. Mm. There are some people who've started to do this, right? Which Mm -hmm. is kind of nice because it just breaks this norm. Mm -hmm. You just ask, do you want a review? And then they say, well, how about you pay me for my work? And you're just for a moment, you're like, oh, wait, uh, yeah, Mm -hmm. this is a weird system. Yeah. I do like the solution on the other side, and this is what I'm personally moving towards. Mm-hmm. So I already mentioned I help out with peer community in. Right. There mm. are no journals involved. Mm. We already take the peer review process out of the hands of journals. There mm. is no money involved. Of course, I work for free. Mm-hmm. People review for free, but nobody is making any money of this. Mm. So I think that's nice. And then there's another option, which is I also... Uh, review and um, sometimes edit for diamond open access journals. Hmm. So you have different types of open access journals. A gold open access journal means the person who is the author will pay if the article is published. Mm -hmm. You as a reader don't need to pay when Mm -hmm. you want to access it. So it's open for free. Anybody can read it, Mm -hmm. but somebody needs to pay. So the author pays. We call that gold open access journals. Mm -hmm. Diamond open access journals are basically free to read for anybody, Mm -hmm. but nobody pays. Hmm. So you're sort of like, hey, where where does the money come from? Mm -hmm. Well, often it's a government who Hmm. will say, 
How about we also fund a couple of these journals because it's going to be cheaper hmm. than when we let them submit everything to these hmm. gold open access journals because they're very expensive. Yeah. So, for example, meta psychology, mm -hmm. which is in my field of meta science, mm -hmm. a diamond open access journal. Hmm. So cool. I would review for those journals. There's no money involved. I would mm. edit for those journals. Nobody is getting paid. Our free labor is free, but I also don't need more money. It's mm. fine. I just mm. prefer the system to move towards those diamond nice. open access journals. Yeah. Then to get paid myself. Now, I don't judge anybody for asking to be paid. Do mm -hmm. it if you want money, ask for yeah. it, sure. Yeah. But I, I like this other solution where we just do it as part do of it. our jobs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that sounds nice. I just found out yesterday that the, some people float the idea of University of California having its own journal. And that, I mm -hmm. imagine, would be more of like a diamond yeah, open for everybody sort of a thing because it is, you mm -hmm. know, public funding. And I'm like, that sounds like a great idea. I mean, imagine, you know, if you're mm -hmm. any researcher mm -hmm. at University of California, you could publish in it. And yeah, I think it would do really well. We should do that. Yeah. I think yeah. it makes a lot of sense. They're also funders like mm -hmm. Welcome Trust. Uh, the Wellcome Trust in the UK mm -hmm. has an open access journal, I think. If if they funded your research, mm -hmm. you can publish it for free in the journal. Yeah. Yeah, that makes, makes that just makes a lot so of sense. That makes so much more sense, yeah. yeah, yeah. I agree, I yeah. agree. But yeah, as it stands, it's a bit of a, yeah, seems like a total scam. <laughs> the, whole, the, the publication yeah. system and the free um, yeah. labor that goes into peer review and then of course you get people who say hey what what are we getting out of this we're right. putting so much money in mm -hmm. it it's going to these fancy journals yeah. all the money mm -hmm. is it worth it right mm -hmm. and and then it also feels like wait they're making so much money we're putting in so much time yeah. how much better is science really becoming yeah. here I think that question is interesting and it would really be interesting in the future to see people like somebody like me. Mm -hmm. I, I really don't need the publications for my career mm -hmm. anymore. So it is quite tempting just to write a preprint and mm. just leave it at this stage, which, you know, sometimes I, I've actually done this. Like mm -hmm. I didn't bother to complete it. Um, sometimes I submit things that I write by myself to an open access journal and you just pay the fee basically. Mm -hmm. But you could move to a system somewhere in the future where you're just like, yeah, I'm just never going to publish this. It will be a preprint. It has a DOI. Mm -hmm. People can cite it. It's yeah. stable. It's there forever. Yeah, it's just Why there. bother? You know, why bother? Going through it, um, the process. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also because I feel that for some things that I write about, I feel quite confident about mm -hmm. what I'm writing. So sometimes I write papers and I really need feedback from peers. Yeah. But sometimes I could write a tutorial paper. I'm pretty sure it's a good tutorial paper. I really don't need peers to tell me if it's a good <laughs> tutorial. You know, I'm pretty yeah. sure about my case here. Yeah. Yeah. Why would I publish it? Why don't I just keep it as a preprint? Mm. Yeah. No. But then again, I don't know. The improvements are real often, right? So I don't yeah. think I would dismiss it. We, we can find other ways to do it. But I kind of like this um, equality component of the peer review process where you know, because if I say who wants to review my paper and make it better, you know what happens? Mm. 10 people volunteer. Right. I write a tweet. I say, hey, I have a new paper. Do some people want to help me to make it better? And a bunch of people just volunteer. But if mm -hmm. you say this, how right. many people are going to volunteer? So I like this part of the peer review process. <laughs> well, thanks, yeah, maybe thanks, some. Da thanks Daniel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> some Jeez. of our listeners, all yeah. our listeners are going to say yes, yes. <laughs> 
But there's a little bit of a difference. No, it's well, just true. Ten on people average. will review your paper, but you will agree to review my paper. So who's winning? <laughs> who's really winning here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but I think we just want to keep this in a sort of more right. equal way. Everybody gets two reviewers. Right. That 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 kind of works. You know. Yeah. I think it's kind of nice. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode of Nullius in Verba. Our theme song is Newton's Cradle by Grand Brothers. If you have any thoughts, feedback, or comments you'd like to share, you can reach us over email at nulliusinverbapod at gmail.com or our social media accounts at Mastodon or Twitter. In this episode, we discussed peer review. We talked about some of its pitfalls and some recommendations for making the process more fair and transparent. In the next episode, we will discuss whether it's sometimes acceptable to take other people's word for it. In other words, we'll discuss the role of trust in science. We hope you will join us.